Welcome back, sexy peoples. Yes, I'm talking to you, to another episode of Murphy's Roll. Today, we are going over our first character spotlight on yours truly, Reaper. But with me right now is... Nian. And Bonecrusher Strobar, Earthquake the Juggernaut. All right, so the first episode of doing character spotlights, it's going to be me, apparently, because I'm now taking over as DM. So to give you some light background information on my character that's going to be retiring soon. So, um, for one, my character's named Naraya. She is a changeling soul knife. And the changeling is, no, just the D&D class that was added in uh, Unearthed Arcana. Unearthed Arcana. Yeah, Unearthed Arcana, you said it right. Okay, yeah, Unearthed Arcana. Canna, god damn it. Anyway, it, it's just a shapeshifter class, you know, like, the, any any being of the same size, like, the medium size range that, you know, I can see, I can sh shift into that being. It's great for disguises and, you no know, um, assassinations. You know, you, you want to assassinate a dude, turn into his favorite girl. You never know what he may be want. What he what he well what he wants. Um, when he's unaware, shink stab stab. So is their ability? Is it a spell like ability of um, disguise self? Kind of like how to disguise just for yourself, or or is it kind of like supernatural? The skinwalkers where they just completely morph and yeah. It, it, there's no spell required. I mean, of course it, it does take an action, but I mean not like you'd be using it in combat or anything. But I mean. So, yeah, it's just like at any point in time that I deem necessary, I can literally physically shift my body into another being, be it male, male or female. So, my next question on that is, uh, when you say Changeling, I automatically think of Beast Boy, because Changeling was Beast Boy's original name in the Teen Titans. Does that work for animals as well, or is it strictly humanoid-esque characters? I, if I recall correctly, it is strictly humanoid. Like, I can't turn into, you know, a deer or anything. Like, it's just other other humanoid races. Like, I think probably the limits to that would probably just be any playable race. Like, orcs, half-orcs, half-elves, elves. Like, I think the only, like, I think that limits to, like, again, I can't turn into something, like, small size. Like, I can't be a gnome, I can't be a halfling, and I'm iffy on dwarfs. I'll have to double-check that. I think they're considered medium. Okay, well, if they're considered medium, yes, I can turn into a dwarf. So do you gain their that racial's special abilities, or do you just mm. keep your own? No, I, I, if I recall correctly, I do keep my own, which, I mean, it's not that much. I mean, when you can... I think that's a pretty overpowered ability anyway. You know, you can be any... You can look like any race you want. Oh, we need someone to infiltrate this den of elves. I'm your person right here. <laughs> oh, so once again, going to comic books. So it's kind of like Mystique's ability, uh, like her mutant power. Where, yeah, she can turn into Cyclops, but she can't, of course, use the optic blast. Yes. Okay, because I don't believe she can turn into animals either, at least, you know, at least as far as I've seen in cartoons. Yeah. I've known. She can't turn into, uh, like, animals, but she can turn into other, make herself look like any other mutant or any other person that she wants to. But some of the changing ability is quite similar to that. Yes. And that that's a nice way to put that. That's pretty cool. I've started looking at some of the homebrew. I've seen races, classes that they base off of other fan or other fandoms. Like, I saw one race called Blaziken, and it was a giant walking chicken. Huh. I'm not gonna be surprised if they do. Like, I mean, the closest thing you're probably gonna get to a walking chicken is right now is either a Kenku or an Arakora, or Arakura, however you pronounce it. But they are very they're, they're humanoid birds. And like Kenku is more bird than human. It's it really is just like a big bird-sized human. 
human-sized bird. God damn it. <laughs> gotcha. So about your uh, so that's your race. Now about your class. You're a soul knife, correct? Or soul blade? Or it, it's soul knife. It's a homebrewed class that I discovered when I was just browsing, you know, browsing the web, looking for interesting D and D stuff. And when I initially read it, it looked very appealing to me. I'm like, oh, I want to play this. This looks like this sounds so fun to play. And as of as of now, it has been really fun to play. The problem is that originally it's way too overpowered. Like it has like um, I can't remember what exactly it used to have before I before I cut out a bunch of stuff for it. But like I I ended up like cutting out half this class's abilities just to make it fair. And it and even then it's still kind of overpowered. I mean, being able to summon a weapon, any any weapon, and deal that weapon's damage plus your intelligence modifier, because that's what it's based off of, and it's like, that's crazy. So, like, one turn I could be using a longbow, and the next turn I could be using a two-handed a two-handed polearm, and then the turn after that, I could be using a short sword. It, it's free weapons, essentially. So, my question with that is, what does it do for your proficiency? Um, do you get your proficiency modifier with any weapon, or is it just with certain ones that you're good at? If I'm using the mind blade, which is what the what is what the weapon is called, I get my proficiency bonus, which is the um, which is my intelligence modifier. My intelligence my my intelligence modifier plus my proficiency bonus. Yeah, I only see the advantage of that because if I went from my great sword to a great axe or to a long sword, all those use strength, so it's not going to affect my rolls. But the moment I take out a bow, then I start to see changes. So. Essentially, it's good if you want to be versatile. Yeah, and that's and that's probably one of my um, go-to things. I like to be a jack of all trades, so like I, that's that's another reason why I wanted to play this class. And I again, you no know, shoot bows. <laughs> well, wield the wield the fucking great sword. Wield the great axe. Wield the rapier. I can do all of that. It's crazy. And um, also with the soul knife is uh, as we mentioned before in, in a previous episode. Um, my character can see the light of uh, any any um, living organism's soul, but I mean it's more than just living organiz- or, uh, organisms. Like I think um, when it comes to undead, I they either have no soul, or it's a black soul. So I mean, like it, it, it comes in handy. Like while my character doesn't technically have dark vision, but because of the soul sight, it's it's like, it's like a very nerfed. It's like a very base level of uh, dark vision. So we just drop you in the desert, then you're just blind at night. Probably, yeah. So then, if you see if you see that away, so does your normal vision work normally, or is it kind of like how Hakimaru's vision is in Dororo, where you really can't see basic floor? You know, it's kind of like you know darkness, where you see the basic floor, but you can see every other creature around you. Or can you see normally as well as that? I believe it's you no know, you see normally, and then it's just the, like all the souls of beings or whatever. It just kind of highlights the. It just kind of highlights the the outer rim of that being. It's like um, if I was my soul knife right now and I was looking at you guys, like I would see the room perfectly fine. It's just like your outlines would be would be, would glow the color of your guys' soul, which you know because you're humans would be blue. So it kind of works like seeing an aura. Yeah. Oh, aura. That's all. Okay. I mean, I, I could be fudging it a little bit, but um, because I, I I have to read it again. But if, I mean, it's like uh, as far as I know, you see normally, but you do see the the color of souls, uh, in, in beings. 
So seeing as your character is going to be retiring, um, is there anything like later level, seeing as you won't be getting there with our party, is there anything later level that, uh, you know, once you get to the higher levels, and of course, once you get to like level seven and 12, like other classes unlock more abilities. Is there anything special that you are looking forward to that you're unfortunately not going to get to recognize now? I can't think of anything off the top of my head, and I don't have my book here with me to know for like the stats and stuff. So, I mean, but I mean, definitely, there's definitely stuff that I was looking forward to. Because again, like uh, when I went through and I was cutting stuff out, I, I cut the stuff out and just seemed a little too good. Like, I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. And then it's at a fair, you get it at a, at a fairly reasonable level. But I mean, like there was, um, there's an ability that um, I, I think I cut out where like, if I have a dagger, like if I, if I create a soul, if I create a soul knife dagger and I throw it in an enemy, I can teleport to that enemy and have a bonus action. Oh, so you're pretty much the fourth Hokage. <laughs> that was exactly what I was thinking at the same time. Like, I, I think I cut that out because that was a little too good. And then there's also, um, like, I think what I did keep in is was soul armor. It's like at a, a certain level, I gained, I gained soul, armor, soul armor. And it just, like, I think it uh, just adds to my AC. Nothing, nothing too overly broken or anything. So do you get any... Uh resistances against like maybe psychic attacks or something like that with that kind of class i think so because um uh i i, I want to say seventh ish level maybe six i can't remember which level but at, at some point later on down the line the class would have eventually uh come up to the point to where it's like all my attacks deal psychic damage as well on top of the damage modifiers and whatnot so I, I think at some point in there, there could have been a possibility that my character would have had resistance against psychic-based attacks. So, I mean, I, again, I don't have my book here in front of me, people. I'm sorry, you're going to have to go off what I can remember. You know, whenever I looked at the list of classes, they there were some that was like a class, then it was on there twice, but it said revised. So you could always try tweaking it just to make it seem a little different, other than just straight cutting and upload it, and maybe the viewers or listeners could try it out as well. I might, I might do that, yeah. I might just revise it, revised by Reaper from Murphy's Roll. Gotta put my name out there. Hopefully people, if if, if, um, if people see that I can make fairly good, fairly balanced classes, maybe it'll come for me for ideas. I don't know. I mean, it, it takes a bit of thought, and of course I do have a proofreader who you now does I'll overlook, uh, look over my stuff, make sure everything's like, okay, you, I see what you're going for here, but we're going to tweak it to this. I'm like, fair enough. So about your character's, uh, how do we know about your character's class and your race? Let's get a little bit about your character's background. You know, what uh, what was going on with your character before they joined our guild, or joined the mercenary group? We've been together for five years, the mercenary group, not us in real life. But the mercenary group's been together for five years. But before then, a lot of us wrote character backgrounds. Uh, what's... What kind of little background of your character? I know you have a special relationship with uh, our uh, bipolar character. Yeah, so my character does share a, a common backstory with um, not a shared-ish backstory with um, the bard slash rogue. We were test subjects in Andrew Soul's um, facility. What we were told was we were going to be, you know, made into psychic soldiers soul soldiers you know and we were going to be working for some group i can't remember uh 
but yeah, but like we were just like we were there. We were test subjects. We were that like like eventually that like that's how the Soul Knife class is written. Like in in this story, that's how the Soul Knife class came to be, through you now experimentation and tests and whatnot. You know, tampering with the soul and you unlock this hidden potential, which is why my character as of right now, I don't know if I'm gonna add anything like that later, but is the only soul knife in, in this realm, plane of existence. And so um, while my character does share a kind of past friendship with uh, Kai, the rogue, um, I am also aware of Aki the bar, but I never really interacted with her on the same way that I interacted with Kai. So if you think about it in kind of layman's terms, me and Kai are kind of childhood friends. And when he was forced into the body with Aki, I just like, oh, okay, that, that, that's odd. But I, I think I can work with this because um, what will probably be brought up when Kai is brought in for his character, um, his character spotlight, Kai's not really a drow. It's Aki who's a drow. Gotcha. That's interesting. So the facility, I know we ran into... Amadeus Soul for a brief, brief moment, uh, probably back around session three. Uh, and both of your characters kind of freaked out when they saw him. So you want to go into a little bit more detail about why exactly you freaked out when you saw him or what happened with that? Yeah, because um, the reason I freaked out, because I was the first person who saw him, and then, of course, I grabbed Kai by the wrist and pulled him into an alleyway. It's like, hey, hey, we need to leave. Is because when we escaped from that facility, we blew it up. Like, that facility should have been a smoldering pile of nothing like we in a heartless way i mean in a heartless sounding way we left our fellow test subjects there and like again like we cratered that bitch before we left or as we were leaving and so i'm so, um, sorry oh no continue and so seeing him kind of alive and walking around not only was it a shock but it was oh shit he's still alive is he is he here looking for us we need to leave which is why I was so panicky, and I was like, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave, in, uh, what was that, session four? I, ever since you saw him and on. But the way Lucas had described him, was that the way you guys last saw, or? From what I can remember, what he said of, about how he was describing him, not too similar, like, of course, no, um, F, uh, the way Lucas described him was he had he was very like he had much more uh, machinery kind of built into him, so like I'm that obviously that didn't that wasn't there before, if I recall. So pretty much he turned into an episode of The Million Dollar Man. Somebody's <laughs> like, we got the gold, we got the technology, let's rebuild him. Or kind of like Frieza from Dragon Ball Z, after he was you know sliced up and all. Uh, as he was blown up and left in space, they found him, added mechanical parts to him, and now he's back in Mecha Freezer. Or he made a deal with the demon. Uh, well, that's <laughs> well. Hmm, very interesting. Now, here's my question. Is he, I know he's a doctor, and you guys had, you know, your reasons for not liking him and, you know, being afraid of him because of all the trauma, but is he a strong character? Like, I mean, would he be able to take, or like, you know, his spells or, you know, would he be able to take our party if he ran into us and we were cornered and have to fight him? That's kind of spoiler territory. Oh, gotcha. I mean, I haven't written too much into, you know, I haven't, I mean, written too much into statting him, but as of right now, I would imagine that would be, that would be a, that would be a losing fight for the party. Taking Lucas's advice, if you throw him in, make sure you have stats. More likely, no. both Bringer will step up and swing. Trust me, I, that's one thing I've been 
know, really looking at is like, okay, I'm bringing in this character and this character. I need to stab him just in case. So, um, again, like, it, it's very spoilery, you know, talking about him uh, him in, in specific. But um, as of right now, no, the party shouldn't be able to take him. Now, I'm not saying he's the final boss or anything, but, I mean, like, he, he's, a, he's a very plot-heavy character for half the party. Gotcha. Right, I was just mainly asking because, I mean, just with a uh, perfect example, like, with Birth Remy's character... When I put him out, when I, you know, when I, you know, created his whole backstory and everything, he has a family of fighters. And while his directly older brother and younger, and directly older brother and directly younger brother, probably wouldn't be too much of a challenge the whole party jumped him, I wouldn't imagine that our party would be able to take his older sister or younger or youngest brother, who's a kind of a prodigy, like any, like, I mean, it's just in combat because, I mean, they're built to be, like, ridiculous. Um... So that's why I was asking, you know, because just because I mean, there's a possibility that yeah, like, um, like me and said, if, if the character, you know, if the party runs into them, like Barth Pierce is going to run up. But like, I ain't worried about this puny dude. You know, I'm about to beat his ass. So yeah, that's something I've also kind of given thought about is your family, because I mean, like you said, you no, know, your direct, your direct older and direct younger brother are often and are often a different mercenary guild or something like that. Yes. And then your older sister, your oldest sister, and your youngest brother are back at your village. I've got I've given some thought about them, considering like uh, statting them, but I haven't really made any definitives yet because again, I didn't want to kind of under, accidentally understat them. Yeah. Um, what about you, me, and uh, for a biscuit? Is there anything that we might run into with you that would cause any issues? Demons, <laughs> insanity. Gotcha. Yeah, there's. Not too much about his backstory that I'm not willing to give out right away because of his mental condition. It, it would be an entire episode just for him alone. So we'll just have to wait for your character spotlight. That's fine. Well, back on uh, Naraya, a.k.a. Sippy, a.k.a. Cyclops slash Leela. Uh, so, and then <laughs> once we get back to the mercenary guild, Patchy. <laughs> That look, boss works fine, just so you know. <laughs> I don't think so. My character would call your character boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Captain okay. Patchy. Captain Pat. Listen here, you. Captain Patchy. But yeah, so um, that that is my intention to do with the character when I quote unquote retire her, is when they finally get back to HQ, she's gonna take over as boss of the Happy Dragon Mercenary Company. So like, my character will still be around. It's not like she's just like, gonna disappear and you're never gonna see her again. She'll still be there. She'll be giving you guys, you know, directions and, like, in assignments and other shit. Gotcha. Uh, another question real quick, going back to your character. Um, so, stat-wise, like, how did your character's stats look? How did they come out? Like, what is your main focus? I mean, I know you mentioned earlier that the, the weapons you use are, you know, you use your intelligence modifier. So, I take it that has to be very high. Yes. Intel uh, the intelligence modifier was actually the highest, uh, the, the highest stat you want to, you know, you want to make. So with this new, with the new with the current ruling of D and D, it's no hey you roll these numbers and hey you can put them anywhere you want. Thank God it wasn't like old D and D. Old D and D was you roll them in order, like you roll for your strength and then you roll for your and you roll for your dex. Because <laughs> that would have sucked if I had rolled for intelligence as a soul knife and was like oh hey you rolled an eight. Mm. <laughs> yeah, even in three point five, it could have been a house rule. I don't know. We did a lot of house rules back then in those campaigns. But it's just like how it is now. Just do your roles, then plug in where you want. 
But uh, yeah, so um, intelligence was supposed to be the highest stat, followed by dex, and then you know just distribute how we deem necessary. Because my character was um, kind of experimented on to be an assassin, essentially, like my character and Kai naturally have a higher stealth, higher stealth rating. Like I think Kai's is fucking like eight or something, and mine's just like four or five. Eight for a level three rogue. That sounds about right. Well, what about your strength? So, I would imagine that your strength would be, like, your lowest stat, um, followed by maybe your wisdom or charisma? I mean, it's always nice to have good strength. Of course. I mean, that way you can carry shit. So, obviously, I probably wouldn't make that, like, like on the bottom end. Like, honestly, my, like, my stats are relatively good all around. Like, I think my lowest stat is probably my wisdom at 14. Okay. You like, early Disneyland. Yeah. I hate you. That's a whole five higher than my lowest. <laughs> like, I'll have to double check. I could be wrong. But, I mean, like, like usually when it comes to statting, like, when it comes to character building and stats, I'm, I, get, I get relatively lucky. Going to some future shit that you, just because you know it's coming doesn't mean you know when it's going to happen. Um, I statted out a possible enemy encounter. Each of um, different classes... And their stats, pretty fucking good. Like, there, there are quite a few with, you know, that are rocking, like, in, you know, 18 strength, 18 decks. <laughs> like, I, when I was, when I was setting out the, when I was setting out those characters, I, I was getting, I was on fire that night when I was, when I was rolling these numbers. Well, also, what you're also going, you know, asking about your character. So, uh, you know, as we know, your character's been nicknamed from Sippy to, you know, uh, Leela and everything like that, you know, what was the idea behind your character drinking the LSD potion that we... Of course, at the time, you know, we didn't know it was an LSD potion. No. And, <laughs> well, no, didn't he, like, stick his finger in there to get some on it, then licked his finger? I feel like somebody had tried that. I don't know. I, I All we saw was just, like, this vial of a metallic liquid. Almost, has a, almost had a flowery scent to it. So I'm just like, well, we don't know what this potion is. I'll try it. I'm like, I'll be the test dummy. So I took a quick sip of it. And the story of LSD happens. I mean, what else was we supposed to do? I mean... Like, what Like what if we tried using this on the enemy and they fucking boosted their, their HP by fucking 30? Found the... Just made the paladin try it. The party member we could have gone without. Or the hunter. He wasn't too bright. Considering he's like 16 people, charging him. But still... Even if, like, all right, if, even if we had used it on that character, that character would have been useless at that point in time. Because if we didn't know what it was, like, okay, it's like, okay, well, we don't know what this potion does. We're looking at 17 enemies. Drink this. It'll boost your HP. Will it really? No, we don't know. So well, you drink it, and now you're fucking like this, like, just looking at the sky. Like, Holy shit, there's colors. Well, it would have been something that, you know, probably would have tried before then. It was just... It was an interesting uh, character thing to me that your character would have would have tried that, um, you know, like the rest of us were kind of looking at it like, eh, don't know about this. I mean, Birthringer being a battle medic, of course, he tried to do medicine check, completely failed, and the Kai was also like, I'm not, I stole it, but I'm not trying it. Um, it was just an interesting character thing to me that your character went ahead and was like, you know what, I'm going to be the one to go ahead and just try this. Um, uh, like yeah, you think I wouldn't be being how no protective I am of my character, well, but uh, like at the time I was just like, "Fuck it, nothing ventured, nothing gained." 
But you know, some, a very Kai thing to do, just pour it on somebody's food when they're not looking. Look at what happens to them. Yeah, but Kai doesn't have that potion right now. Bloodbringer does. Yeah. Well, I'm saying when we were trying to figure out what it does. Because I mean, that would have been a Kai thing. Realistically, that probably would have been the smarter thing. Just un, just sneak it on someone's food and see what happens. But again, like we, again, we don't know what it, what it would have done. Like, we need to test it. If it was poison, we have Birthbringer to fucking fix me. Unless it's that coffee. I don't know. You probably could have done something if you had rolled high enough anyway. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have a soul knife. But, I mean, all right. So, when I was on my LSD trip, like, I am like, okay, well, shit, I'm going to hire LSD. I'm going to have munchies, specifically for apples. Why Why apples? Because they're there. <laughs> okay, that, was gonna, that was the next question I was going to ask is, uh, why particularly apples that your character was interested in? Well... Realistically, the character probably wouldn't have been interested in apples. I just said apples because I know it's a it's a fairly common thing to come by. It's not like I'm I'm not like I'm derailing the campaign by going to look for a fucking you know, mango or a fucking exotic fruit. Yeah. So I'm like, oh hey, it's an apple. So I mean, and honestly, like I had even planned the how long that was actually going to take effect because Lucas never said how long the effect was going to last. So I'm like, okay, well then I'll just completely sober up once once fighting starts. Um, what else happened in town? Oh yeah, the uh, meeting of the uh, meeting of the Shadow Man. So because I'm a soul knife, I obviously saw the Shadow Man's soul, and it was a deep black. It was like a deep blackish purple, which in soul in soul sense in soul sense language means it's an aberration. It it doesn't belong on this plane of existence, but it's here. And I don't know, want to know why. I don't want to question it. I just like, oh, you're dangerous. I don't want to mess with you. <laughs> but your character did go back and, uh, you know, offer his eye to the Shadow Man in order to get, uh, in order to get Robotech, basically to get him, you know, his last five years of memory back so we'd have, you know, be able to take him with us. So with that being said, I mean, is that like a normal thing for your character? Is that something, you know, as your character that he would do something or she would do uh, self-sacrificing or is that just, you know, realistically, no, like my, uh, my character is a, um, not a chaotic neutral, but um, like a neutral evil. Because again, we were, we were raised, but we were raised to be assassins. Like, you know, we're, we're really selfish characters, real, realistically. Aki's the one who's lawful neutral. So she's technically the, the best one out of us. So realistically, that would have been something of more she would have done if you no, know, if that was if she was in my place. But I kind of threw in the idea that hey, this guy who should be dead is here and he's possibly hunting for me. I need to leave the city as soon as possible. And of course, having my homeboy with me increases my chance of even if he does find me, not getting caught. Okay. So I'm like. We need to leave as a party now, and like it, w it really was just it, like it, it was a fit of desperation, not so much you know, like hey, I'm doing this for you. No, it was it was really selfish for me. It was like I, I'm do I'm giving you my eye, Shadow Man, so you can make him remember that he needs to come with me, so we can leave right now. So basically, what's the major motivation behind, or was you know, it seemed like I said, if your character is going to be leaving our party. Um, what was the major major motivation, you know, behind your character? Like, what was your character's goal with being with the Mercenary Guild and everything? 
Well, obviously, being with the Mercenary Guild, it's no mercenaries typically get a lot of kill contracts for whatever reason. I mean, they're not an assassin's guild, but I mean, still, it's like, hey, you know, we we need protection because the roads are you know lined with bandits. We're good at killing people, essentially, and it's it, it, ideally it's easy money. And because you're in a very because we're in a, always with a group of people that we more or less trust, we don't like we don't have to worry about dying safety and numbers safety yeah safety and numbers like we, we we well we are all about that survival life like like again because when we broke out of when we broke out of that test facility we had nothing like we we, we scrounged for a while and so of course you now joining a mercenary company which you know was which what we guessed would rake in money was like okay well money and walls around us if it comes down to it our care like particularly my character and Kai's character are we're, we're probably the more likely to leave mid-combat and let the rest of the party fend for themselves if it's something that we can't take, such as with the Knowles. Yeah, I was about to mention that. You were the first one said Blue Skidoo, so can you, and just booked it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, no, this is this is turning very badly. I'm going to go up in that tree and hide. <laughs> so is there a thing with trees for Naraya? Because she spent a lot of time in trees. No, the thing with trees is just it's just a positional advantage. You know, of course, when you're higher, you can technically see further. Like you have you you're not not maybe see further. You have a better idea of the terrain around your area and a know, better vantage point. Exactly, and just like Obi Wan said, it's over. I have the high ground. So I wonder, can she turn into like monkeys are humanoid technically? I mean, can she change into one since she's the changeling, or is that? too beast like i think that'd be too beast like like the probably the closest i can get to probably an animal is probably one of those animal races like tabaxi or lizard folk just turn into the whatever the cat race is and tabaxi yeah and just tell them i've got the wares if you got the coin (laughs) become a merchant i mean trust me it's crossed my uh it's, it's crossed my mind about possibly not doing that probably find something a little less high profile because i mean obviously if you make a good name for yourself as mercenaries your name gets out and if someone knows your name and they don't like you they're gonna come after you so, going back to the changeling part when you changed something does the soul knife eyes also affect whatever you change or is that just your natural form there like that um, naturally, changelings, I believe, have yellowish eyes. So, like, while my eyes are yellow, because they glow with the color of my soul, they look a little more green, because my soul is blue. So, like, they're very yellow still, but with a hint of green because of the melding colors of blue and yellow. So, like, let's say you turn into an elf, though. Does your eyes still glow? Because that was the whole reason of you getting the goggles. Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, I could have turned into a, uh, a fucking six foot orc, half orc, with brown eyes, and but my eyes would still glow with that faint color of blue mixed into them. And obviously, the person who who was experimenting on us for X amount of years wouldn't recognize that immediately, especially since he knew my character was a changeling. So then, my question, you know, following up with that, is would that put you at disadvantage when it, when you try to disguise yourself? Seeing as your eyes are going to always naturally glow, like let's say we were to put you on a secret mission to go and infiltrate some elves or 
infiltrate, you know, some, some dwarves. The fact that your eyes were going to still glow, that would put you at a natural, a natural disadvantage for any kind of uh, stealth, wouldn't it? Possibly. I mean, obviously, uh, I, I, I would have taken that into consideration and masked my eyes. I haven't had a reason to do that yet, other than now, other than recently with Andrew soul showing up. So, I mean, while you're technically right that, yeah, I would, like, if someone knew this person that I'm imitating, that I'd, like, what's wrong with your eyes? Your eyes never did that before. Yeah, that would that would raise some questions. But, I mean, like, if I'm just walking into a Thieves Guild, no, um, not a Thieves Guild, like, like, if I'm walking into a bar that only serves orcs or half-orcs, half-elves or whatever race, they only serve one specific race, and I change in that, I walk in. If no one knows who I am, then they have no reason to question me. That and a good enough bluff check, you could get away with almost anything. Yeah, that's true. Like, I've had a character in a previous game bluff that he got lost looking for the bathroom in the basement. Why are you in this basement? Oh, I got lost looking to, uh, I got lost looking for the bathroom. It's not here, is it? Yeah, and then when the guard's like, I need you to leave now, he's like, uh, my knee hurts. I have a bad knee. I need to take a break. I was on fire that night. Like, that that's something I really hope more people do is, like, instead of just, like, like they'll try to bluff their way through stuff. Well, our group is two options. Bluff or buff and just beat the hell out of them. <laughs> I think it's more leaning towards buff, though. <laughs> I mean, because when we try to bluff, it fails. We've tried to talk our way, like, I mean, for example, with the, the Zooks and the Snooks, or the Zooks and the Cooks, whatever, they, whatever they're called, with the... Grape Street and Crips. Yeah, <laughs> Grape Street and the Crips. Uh, with the, this is with them. We tried to bluff. Twice. Failed. You know, it could have been third time's a charm, but uh, why wait for that? Well, that's when they started to kind of get aggressive towards us, and that's when Abyss Grip and Birthbringer just walked into the town and said, we're here to roll your shit, let's go. <laughs> But there was that time in the ferret breeding ring where they lied to the ogres. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Here's all your. Here's all the money I have, and he paid for me. And well, they're dumb, and it worked. But yeah, like with more stuff like that. You no, know, if that happens more, that'll that'll be really nice. Because I mean, obviously, like that goes not derails my plan, but that just kind of skewers it a bit. Like, oh, okay. I see. I see. I see where you're going with this. Yeah, and then in the last session, Aki and Abyss Grip talking to those the people that wants to attack the yeah the Seraphica Thieves Guild. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still I'm still kind of iffy on calling them a Thieves Guild. I know I said they were a Thieves Guild, but I mean, like I don't know, like because a Thieves uh, you would think a Thieves Guild would be like fucking like wide known, like even though they like they're like well we know they are we know they exist, but we don't know where they are. They're infamous. Yeah, but I mean, like obviously, if if they're any sort of like real thieves guild, like you guys would have already known about them. Unless, I mean, unless people for... knowing their name, the better. Yeah, we don't really hunt for information. We haven't really done a whole lot of that. And that's what you're asking. Sorry, go ahead. That's all. You know, that's that's what we've done too much, especially in this new town we've been in. We haven't really hunt for information, but that's more information for next week to see how it ended. We got today's session, guys. Yep. Who's ready? Because I'm still iffy on if I'm ready, and I'm the DM. <laughs> All right, so just make sure to look us up on Facebook, Murphy's Roll. Give that a like. If you're on Twitter, same thing, Murphy's Roll at, or at Murphy's Roll d and I think that's the Twitter. 
I know that's the Facebook, but Murphy's Roll, search it. You'll find it. Same banners on Anchor. Give it a like. Give it a follow. And then till next time. All right. Um, but wait real quick, guys. Uh, before we go, I noticed that you had this, you know, your new figurine. Um, you know, I'm just using a basic stock one. Where did you Where did you get yours at? So I found this website called Hero Forge. It allows you to pick your race, your size. You could even make a giant size mini there. Then you go through their list of equipment, accessories, all that stuff. You could even change the pose. Like the first time I made one, the pose was all you got. But now you could even move the positioning of the arms and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty detailed. Like, like the two times I've used it, I've ordered two minis. <laughs> yeah, and you could even add things on the base of there, change the style of base. And something we're going to do for one lucky listener, we're going to run a contest starting the 28th and ending on October 12th. And we'll give you a $25 gift card to Hero Forge to create your own mini. Hopefully that should be enough to cover the base price of $19.99 and the shipping. So no cost for you at all. That'd be nice. I, I could always use a new mini. To me as well, shoot. Got, uh, my, got my basic stock on, I'm gonna go create one. Yeah, it's kind of an addiction. Like I have a whole list of them. I got bored and just make one like, hey, this will become a character. I don't look at classes, I make a mini. And uh, what do we have to do to get into this contest again? Not not saying I'm going to do it or anything, but uh, what do we need to do? Well, if you're following our Facebook or Twitter account, we'll have information posted there the night before the contest starts, which will be tonight. All right, where's my phone at? I need to find my Twitter. I'm going to have to find a way to block you. Rude as fuck. Oh, did I say that out loud? Anyway... <laughs> That's it for this episode of Murphy's Roll, people. Thank you for listening. This is Reaper. This is Nian. And Bonecrusher's Strawberry Juggernaut. And we will find you all here listening next time.